Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. variety of microphones I can use using different my how about this one have you got sound now how about this one two one two have you got has Instagram got sound Instagram always works um I don't know oh yes it's here I have sound so is it working now is it working now it's working now 
I don't think it's this microphone. <laughs> I think it's that microphone on the webcam. Look at that. I've got all the tech working on Facebook. I've got the flipping top of the range. I've got the this thing. It doesn't work. Right. Get rid of that. Should have just used the one that's on the microphone, on the webcam. Anyway. Good God. What is going on? Is it my microphone? Is it the connection at the back? Who knows? Anyway, let's, let's not dwell. Um, thanks for letting me know. Uh, can hear you on Instagram, not on Facebook. That Corinne is keeping up the numbers. She's watching on Instagram and Facebook. If everybody could do that, then we could double the numbers, guys. And I'd have, you know, I'd be getting off the double figures on this. And, you know, I think once you break double figures on these things, it just flies, apparently. Um, but anyway, here we go. Let's do some questions because that's what we're all here for. Um, do you think having a breast lift with 125 cc implants will help give them more fullness and not make them bigger? No, I don't think it will. Uh, it's I'm, 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 I haven't got much information here because I don't know anything about this person. I don't know who's asked this question and I don't know anything about their body and the shape of their body. When you look at implants, it's all about the width and the projection. It's not about the volume. However, having said that, 125 cc's is quite a small volume. And so I know that's going to be quite a small volume um, implant and it's not going to be a very highly projecting implant because the volume is small. So for even for a, a small person with a small base width, 125 cc's is not going to be a very highly projecting implant. And if you want more fullness, you, you want more projection of the implant. You want a, a higher profile implant. The first thing you've got to think about with an implant, well, not you've got to think about, the first thing I think about with an implant is the width, the width of the implant. I measure the width of your chest and then I'm looking for an implant of a certain width because it's got to fit your, your chest. It's got to fit your breast. Once you've got the width, then you look at the different projections for the width that will suit your frame. And then that brings it to a certain volume. So if you're saying I want more fullness, I'm thinking, OK, this is your width. Let's have a look at the more full implants. So maybe moderate, maybe high, maybe extra high. Um, depending on how much fullness you want, I can show you photos of the sort of different um, how the sort of different looks you get. But because we have to fill the base width, the fuller the implant, the bigger it's going to be. So it doesn't really match if someone says, I want more fullness, but I don't want to be bigger. That's hard to do. And, you know, if you don't want to be bigger, so this person's asking about a lift with implants, uh, I would say to them, if you don't want them to be bigger, forget implants. Don't have any implants at all, because it's probably not going to give you what you want with your hijack eager to see it. It's probably not going to give you what you want with your 125cc implant. And yet you're going to increase your risks because when you add an implant to a, um, a lift, it increases the risks because when you do a lift, it makes it all tight. And you can get wound healing problems, infections. If the infection gets to the implant, you have to remove the implant. So a lift with implants is a big deal. So there's no point in taking on the extra risks, both short term risks in terms of infections and delayed healing and wound problems, which would, as I say, require the implants to be removed. And long term risks with implants, rippling, capsular contracture. ALCL, breast implant illness, all sorts of things that you can get with implants. I've got to be honest, they're all rare, so I don't want to put you off implants.
But if you are borderline and thinking, mm, shall I have an implant? I may just want a small one, 125cc one. I'm like, don't do it. Probably best not to do it. Probably best just to say, look, I tell you what, I'm just going to have a lift in the first instance. That sorts out the shape issue. However, you, we need to be fully informed. We need to have a proper conversation about what sort of shape can be achieved if you don't have an implant. Because if you have a lift without an implant, it starts full and then it settles. It's fuller than it is now. So a lift makes them fuller than they are pre-op. It lifts them, obviously, and includes in the title, but it settles. And it doesn't give what a lot of people in their mind think of when they think of fullness, because when in their mind, when they think of fullness, they think of someone with implants in who've got maybe a highly projecting implant, which has got quite a full look. And that cannot be achieved without an implant. The other thing people, when they look at a photo, has got to be careful. If you're looking at people with clothes on, they're all pushed up and all that. That is with clothes on and pushing them up. It's hard to get that sort of look without um, clothes on. You don't want them staying up there without clothes on. And if you do want them staying out there without clothes on, that is a higher projecting implant. So it's the projection of the implant that's important, married with the width, which we will measure in the clinic. And But in general terms, a breast lift with implants with 125 cc implants i don't think that's going to give a huge amount of fullness because at 125 cc's knowing that it's got to fill the width of your breast i don't know who you are and i don't know what the width of your chest is but 125 cc is not a huge volume so that's not gonna that's gonna be quite a low profile implant it's not going to be projecting very highly and we want because we need the width to, to, to fill the footprint of your breast if it's too narrow it doesn't fill the footprint so we want it to fill the foot fill the footprint of your breast so we need that width and if you're going to get the fullness to stay up here you need that projection so that will come with it a certain volume so we uh, i do sometimes see people who say i don't want to be any bigger i just want a better shape and i want more fullness thinking about a lift with implants because i've seen some photos and it that's the sort of look i want and that's always difficult because i'm like hold on a minute lift with implants you're going to be bigger implants are going to make them bigger and if you want the implants not to be not to make you bigger if you want them for shape difficult scenario I need to do something about this. I need to do a blog post or a, or even a web page on this because it's quite a common question. Um, but yeah, the, the broadly speaking, my advice, my what I'm sensing from this person is I'm going to say to them, just have a lift and accept they're not going to be as full as you want. But you haven't you haven't made them bigger, which is what because you didn't want them bigger, and you haven't got the risks of implants. So it's a compromise. It's hot, hate hate to say it because it's thousands of pounds the surgery. But it's a compromise and you might say i don't want to compromise i don't want to want, want everything i have you have to compromise because if you have an implant you have to be bigger than you want um and if you have a if you don't have an implant you're going to have to be not as full as you want so you have to compromise somewhere it's not a question of i don't want to compromise you have to compromise yeah what's the english seahawk got is a thyroid nodule removal available privately quite a long waiting list with nhs at the minute for my thyroid go to removal yes it is the english seahawk yeah of course it is everything the english seahawk everything am i right in saying that yeah i would say i pretty confidently say everything is available privately well actually no emergency treatment's not available privately but um but elective stuff yeah thyroid, definitely that's a massive one so that'll be a general surgeon that'll be an um uh, an endocrine surgeon um thyroid surgeon who would do that but uh faux show the english seahawk what you should do phone up your local private hostel say i've got a thyroid nodule i'm on the nhs waiting list what's uh 
what's the you know what what's the schedule how would i go about in seeing whether i could have private treatment but it's definitely available that will be as i say it'll be a general surgeon it wouldn't be someone like me i'm a plastic surgeon so i don't do that sort of thing but um it's definitely available privately for sure thanks for the question by the way um can you drink alcohol two days prior to having mastopexy with implants what of course you can why would you not yeah for sure to be honest with you alcohol is not that big a deal for me cigarettes big deal massive deal do not smoke for the goodness for goodness sake um mastopexy with implants but yeah you're welcome english hook. good luck good luck with that yeah just phone your private hospital and uh, and they'll they'll um hopefully they'll help you um out they should do <laughs> um so um yeah alcohol not a big problem with alcohol got a big problem with cigarettes cigarettes is an absolute nightmare mastopexy with implants and cigarettes forget it don't do it don't have the surgery if you can't stop smoking but if you but drinking is not a problem at all so uh to you know obviously within reason you don't want to i was talking to someone else someone about this the other day you don't want to turn up to surgery drunk yes it's happened to me uh patient turned up drunk um you know so if you've been drinking all night and you turn up drunk we're probably going to cancel you but you can have a glass of wine two days before the surgery no problem at all um but you know within reason so, uh, alcohol is, is absolutely fine from a surgical point of view uh if you're post-op and you're having painkillers you've got to be a bit careful because it can make you feel a bit squiffy so you've got to be careful combining painkillers and, and alcohol but um but uh two days prior no problem at all do you have to use drains when yeah do you have to use drains when having a tummy tuck i had one when i had a c-section and they left it in for a few days and it killed me putting it out i can only imagine what it's like having a drain pulled out and i imagine it's horrible and no one likes drains no one likes drains and if i am with using fewer and fewer drains in general in plastic surgery much fewer drains are being used they used to be used for a lot more procedures than they are now so but tummy tuck is one of those ones i do use them so the answer to the question is yes i do use drains for a tummy tuck in fact that's not the question the question was specifically do you have to use drains when having a tummy tuck so the answer to that question is no you don't have to use drains when using a tummy tuck and there are many surgeons who don't use drains and the movement is away from using drains in tummy tucks so um fewer surgeons are uh, using drains in tummy tucks i am still one of the surgeons who is using drains in tummy tucks but i myself am and you know i only leave them in for one night um and i'm i'm doing quilting so to sort of make the space smaller um to close the dead space and i think the time will come when we stop using them but i am still using them at the moment but uh, you don't have to use them so if you didn't have a huge um uh, apron you could have a discussion and we could say well we could just do quilting uh, and avoid drains um, and that would certainly be an acceptable route to go down you're not alone in disliking drains uh, for sure uh, lucy grice 43 i'm coming to see you next week after having my implants done by you nine years ago weight gain and pregnancy has changed the look is it possible if i have it done again to have the same scar absolutely lucy grice what i would do so assuming you just had implants what i would do lucy is i would actually excise your scar if i was putting implants in again and give you a fresh scar in the same place so it would kind of look like the same scar but it would be a new scar and your old scar. you certainly wouldn't have two scars if that's your question you would have one scar in the same place 
but I would excise your old scar, do the surgery, and then close up with a new scar. Um, so the, I'll tell you now, Lucy, what I'll say to you in the clinic, weight gain and uh, pregnancy. Number one, have you finished family? Number two, have you are you stable with your weight? So those things are important before you have any surgery. And then I guess what we're looking at is what we're going to do about sizes and stuff like that, whether we're going to go bigger or smaller and uh, whether we're going to do anything like lifts, whether the shape's an issue or if it's just a size thing or, you know, well, that's the other thing is why why you, so it's changed a little, that's why you're having it done. There you go, you've written it there. So, so it'd be lovely to see you. Um, uh, nine years post-op, what's happened in the last nine years? Quite a lot, probably. So uh, looking forward to catching up, Lucy, looking forward to catching up. Um What's Yvette got? Yvette has got, hi, I'm female, age 47. I've had breast implants for 15 years under the muscle. Feels like old scar tissue has ripped from my chest as I've searing pain when bending or stooping over. Oof. Will an ultrasound show if there's a problem with this scar tissue? I've had no problems till now with them, thanks. No, it won't, Yvette. An ultrasound will show if there is uh, we'll, we'll be looking for the integrity of the implant to see if the implant is intact. If it's a problem with the scar tissue, then uh, in fact, probably your first port of call of that, I would say, would be a surgeon, um, the original surgeon, if possible, if they're, if they're around 15 years. Um, but the surgeon will be able to tell clinically if uh, there's a problem with scar tissue around the area, around the implants, which will, which does happen after time um, but um, so I would say an examination and a history with the surgeon will be your first port of call rather than a scan scans are some are things that we use to direct our treatment and help us make diagnosis they don't really make a diagnosis on their own a scan you know you shouldn't really be using a scan to sort of make a diagnosis you should be using a scan to confirm a diagnosis so you should be saying you know what what are you looking for and uh, you know, it can, it basically scans are shadows. They're looking at different densities of tissues. So they can say, you know, they can give you an idea if the implant's intact or not. They're not 100% on that, but they can give you a good idea whether the implant's intact. Um, they can tell you whether there's fluid there or not, um, but they won't be able to tell you whether you've ripped the scar tissue. Um, and they don't really tell you a great deal about the scar tissue. So I would say an, an appointment or a, a, a consultation with a with a plastic surgeon would be my advice on that one Yvette, rather than going straight to a scan because the other thing you know, you've got to look at what sort of scan are you are you looking at so um so you're talking about an ultrasound there which is usually the first port of call but depending on what they're looking for they might suggest an mri is better which is a bit more advanced scan a bit more invasive invasive well not invasive but um a bit more um you know an ultrasound is just a thing on there whereas an mri is a big sort of tunnel you go into but um a bit more of a bigger deal i suppose a bit more cost but it might be better to delineate the anatomy better so yeah surgeon would be my first port of call on that one um how long does a tummy tuck with liposuction to the hips and flanks take i'm scared of having a general anesthetic so it varies how long it takes uh, but the i would say the sort of middle point of the of the curve is three hours three hours is your is your is your bread and butter i would say for a tummy tuck with lipo to the hips and flanks probably half an hour or so Ooh. i've been hit by a sleep potion half an hour or so either side of that so two and a half to three and a half hours is, is your 
is your sort of um is your variance on that obviously there's outliers you know um you might be four hours if it's a big one but uh two and a half to three and a half three hours is a ballpark that's for surgery time you'll actually be off the ward for longer because you go down to theater you get prepped you get draped you know you have the surgery then you get woken up in the anesthetic room so you're often off the ward for a good few hours but the surgery itself is approximately three hours give or take um thank you that's really informative thank you yeah you're very welcome Yvette, good luck with that hope it's all well nice to see your christmas picture up uh hope that hasn't been up all year that's just gone up now for christmas um so yeah so two and a half to three and a half hours is how long it takes i'm scared of having a general anesthetic you can have a tummy tuck with liposuction under local and sedation if you would prefer that is an option <coughs> it's quite a big thing to have under local anesthetic and sedation to be honest with you and i my default position is general anesthetic for this operation but if you have got a fear of, of general then you could have it under local anesthetic. and what we often say to people is look see how you go if you're uncomfortable if it's too much for you, you can always convert to a general um, to be honest, the local anesthetic is, sedation is often quite deep, sort of verging on a general anesthetic. So you're not actually awake when you have a local sedation. So it's it's a pretty deep sedation. Um, so we could always have a discussion on where, where why, what you're scared about with the local sedation. And you could talk to these and stuff, but we could certainly um, do it under local sedation if you wish. But I would say to you, we might have to convert to GA <clears throat> if it's a bit uncomfortable for you. Do we offer removal for a lymphoma located on the face? I think that's supposed to be lipoma um, rather than a lymphoma. Lymphoma is sort of a lymph node thing, blood blood disorder. But uh, li lipoma is like a fatty lump. So I think that's supposed to be a lipoma. Um, <coughs> excuse me, what? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll take a li li lipoma off the face, of course. Take a lipoma off anywhere. Well, we had this last week, didn't we? Or the week before. I was on holiday last week, wasn't I? Um, I think eyeball. I said we wouldn't take it off the eyeball. Don't think you can get a lipoma on the eyeball. But yeah, we'll take a lipoma off anywhere. And definitely the face, bread and butter, that is plastic surgeon. That's what we do. Definitely, yeah. Assuming it's lipoma. If it's lymphoma, then I think you need a bit more investigation. <coughs> so if it is lymphoma, then I'll be like, hold on a minute. Who you need to see someone who's treating your lymphoma and, you know, you often do different treatments rather than surgery for a lymphoma but um you know that's something to be discussed if it's a lipoma definitely yes do we offer breast fillers never mind do we offer breast fillers do breast fillers exist and the answer is no breast fillers don't exist so no one offers breast fillers back in the day there was one called macrolane um which was a which was like the face fillers you see which is like little you know, face fillers is like half a mil. Um, this was one that you could inject in large volumes in the breast, but it had problems in terms of the potentially interfering with scans, that it could maybe make it difficult to see where breast cancers were. So um, I think that was the reason why it was taken off the market. I never used it, but it was, it was a temporary thing. So I guess it's a good idea to try before you buy, um, but that's no longer on the market. So I'm not aware of any breast fillers that are on the market. So no, we don't offer any, and I am not. I don't think there are any. Correct me if I'm wrong. If anyone knows of any breast fillers, but uh, I'm not heard of any. Uh, we're not any currently on the market anyway. Does a breast lift include an areola reduction? Yes. So a breast lift reduces the skin envelope of the breast, so it tightens the skin. 
and so often when people require a breast lift that is because the skin has been stretched classically through weight loss or pregnancy and the areola is part of the skin so the areola has also been stretched and so the the, the areola is is sometimes um a bit bigger than than you would like so you can you you cut out the excess skin and you cut, cut out the excess areola so you can have a, a view if you want to have a certain uh, diameter of areola certainly trying to accommodate that it's never it's never an exact science but um, but even if you don't have a view on it an areola reduction is an integral part of a mastopexy and which is a breast lift and a breast reduction it is an integral part you don't have to say ask for it you don't have to pay or anything like that it's just an integral part of a um, of a breast lift. Um, do we offer surgical drainage of fluid retention after liposuction? Brackets, surgery elsewhere, close brackets. No. No, I mean, it's a tricky one, this sort of stuff, this surgery elsewhere stuff. I mean, really, the problem is, from the patient's point of view, you probably think, oh, I just need a little bit of a surgical, a little bit of fluid aspiration. Once you or once I as a doctor take on a patient, do something, do a bit of fluid aspiration or something, then you're kind of my patient. And you might think it's just a bit of fluid aspiration, but it really become then it's like oh hold on it's all wrinkly hold on it's not all it's not all right it's all and then it's like well hold on a minute i just did some fluid all oh, the fluids come back again now and so you sort of become my patient so when you have a problem following a surgery you really should look towards the surgeon because looking after problems after surgery is part and parcel of doing surgery the surgery that I do the world that we are all in here is the cosmetic world and the cosmetic world surgery is done on what's called a self-pay basis um fixed price sorry so yes yes it's self-pay it's a fixed price package for surgery which means you pay for the surgery and the aftercare is included if you are say having an insured working in an insured world so if you're doing hip replacements or hernias or thyroid operations or whatever um, a lot of these operations are insured and insured cases you get paid as a surgeon every time you see the patient every time you see the patient every time you do any anything you bill the insurance company so every time you take blood every time you drain a bit of liposuction fluid every time you do any little minor revision or anything like that you will get paid from the insurance company the insurance company will pay for every every procedure every uh, visit and so it's a bit easier then to sort of get help from someone else because they're going to get paid for every procedure that they do. In plastic surgery, it doesn't work like that. Plastic surgery, we only get paid for the first operation. It's self-pay, none of it's insured. So the patient pays and we can't work on the same basis the insurance company works. We can't say it's a thousand pounds for this surgery and then every time you see me, you have to pay hundred pounds. And if you get a problem, you have to pay to have the, you have the problem fixed because people get cheesed off very quickly. Say, look, mate, you've made the problem. I'm not paying to have it fixed. You need to get it fixed. You know, so that's what that's the what, how this world has 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 evolved. So we then just front load the price. We say, okay, then we'll just charge you one price and we'll fix any problems, you know, without making you pay. 
So that becomes very difficult when someone has a problem like this because there isn't a format to say, yeah, I'll do an aspiration of your lipoma, uh, liposuction, and that'll be £100. That's the fee for that. And if it comes back, it'll be another £100. You know, we don't have a fee for that because if I do liposuction and there's fluid retention, I will just drain it because it's part of the surgery. It's part of the surgery price. So we don't really have a fee to look after people um, who have had surgery elsewhere. There isn't a way that you can just slot into my practice because all my fees are front loaded. We get paid a lot more than the other surgeons for the operations that we do. So the other surgeons look at us and say, hold on a minute, you get paid thousands of pounds for this operation. I'm only getting paid hundreds of pounds for my operation. We're like, yeah, but you get paid for every consultation. You get paid for every return to theatre, every you know time you see or touch that patient, you get paid again and again and again. We only get paid for that one operation. And we might have to see the patient again and again and operate them on again and again, potentially, and we don't get paid for any of that. So it's just the way it's distributed is slightly different in plastic surgery to other types of surgery. And for that reason, that is why if you have a problem, you will often be redirected back to your surgeon because they still you, they've got the aftercare package. You can't just come and see me, you know, if you've had if you have a if you had surgery elsewhere, because you know, we don't have a thing to say why right, oh some kind of price for the aftercare. The aftercare is free inverted commas it's included in the price of the surgery so that's uh yeah that's that is that um gabrielle rebecca are you in the uk yes ma'am i am i'm in birmingham well actually my wife says worcestershire she thinks that sounds better but no one knows where worcestershire is but birmingham i'm but i'm practicing birmingham h baston right in the middle of the uk in the Midlands. Yep. How about yourself, Gabrielle? Where are you? You in the UK? Anyway, yep, is the answer. I'm in the UK. Yep. Um, do we offer surgical uh, done that one? Done that one. Apart from a tummy tuck, do we offer any other procedures for loose skin on the abdomen? No. That's one of the problems, you know. I wish I did. I wish I did. Because I I, I could um, I could serve my people better because for me, the only thing that I've got for a tummy tuck is a tummy tuck. That's the only, it's tummy tuck or lose weight. That's it. A lot of people say, I just have a bit of liposuction. I don't find liposuction works well for the tummy. So there are different ways you can contour the tummy. Um, sort of tummy tuck is like the extreme, really. It's like the end game. Before that, there are things like liposuction. And the reason I don't like liposuction is it doesn't cause any skin retraction. And so you can get redundant skin and it doesn't look good. And I haven't had very good experiences with it. So therefore, I don't do it anymore. Now, there are some assisted forms of liposuction with assisted with ultrasound, or with laser, or with radio frequency, with some kind of energy. And the people who do that say that it causes some degree of skin retraction. So they do do liposuction to the tummy. So that might be an option, an assisted form of liposuction or the non-surgical liposculpture or whatever you want to call it. It's like, um, again, radio frequency, cool, cold or heat or some kind of energy, basically. And the idea is that the energy is enough to kill the fat cells, but it doesn't kill the skin because the fat cells are more susceptible to heat and cold and will die before the skin does. And so that's that's how they say that it causes some um, fat, fat loss 
just by putting the sort of heating or cooling the skin or applying radio frequency. Um, and again, they say that that causes some skin retraction as well. So that is something you could think about if you have loose skin on your abdomen and it's not enough for a tummy tuck, either an assisted form of liposuction or a non-surgical um, type of liposculpture with the heating or the frequency, radio frequency or the cooling. But it, I don't do any of them because I haven't seen great results from them, to be frank. That's why I don't do any of them. But maybe I'm not looking properly so it's probably best to look for people who do it to make a judgment on whether it's worth it or not um we've got some comments here so yeah so good question that and uh wish i did to be honest wish i did have something for tummy it's apart from a tummy tuck because not everyone's a candidate for a tummy tuck melissa gilbert what you got do you complete the surgery in birmingham or do you have to go to london complete the surgery in birmingham melissa oh well no actually sorry retract that statement um the surgery at the moment pretty much all my surgeries have been done in liverpool actually not london liverpool um simply because the private hostels around here are not doing so much plastic surgery um because a lot of the nhs work is being done there so i'm going to a place up in liverpool to do a lot of the surgery um everything before and after the surgery is done here in in birmingham but uh, the surgery itself has been done in liverpool i was up there this morning Maybe that's why I'm yawning. Well, I was up, yeah, I was up there yesterday. Gabrielle is back. Gabrielle, Rebecca, what you got? How much do breast augmentation start at and do you do payment options? I'm not far at all and very interested. Oh, we got ourselves a lead, guys. We got a lead. Don't, don't lose it. Don't lose it. Um, here we go. Looked into it and was told I needed 3,000 deposits to be considered for finance. Is the same with your company? Oh my God, Gabrielle, you're asking technical questions about the prices. Gabrielle, I've got to be honest. Full disclosure, no word of a lie. I don't know how much a breast augmentation is. You couldn't say I should know, but I don't. I haven't got a clue. But I do know someone who does know. And what we can do, Gabrielle, is if you give me your email, I can. E if you message me if you want, and I'll email you, or that we can email you some information. Or yeah, that's the best one. Or give us a ring or something, and they'll know. So the people at the clinic knows about it. Um, I don't know about the finance thing. 3,000 deposits to be considered for finance. I think that being considered for finance is more about what your situation is rather than how much deposit you got. I would have thought, but I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, but Amy, Nicola, Sally at the clinic will be helpful with that. And that, Amy will just know. She'll just say the price bang like that. But um I've got to be honest with you, Gabriel. I don't like talking about it. I feel a bit awkward about the money thing. I'm like, mm, you know, I'll talk about all the surgery stuff, but the money thing is like not my, not my arena. But if you somehow get get message me your email address, or if you give us a ring, or if you drop us an email, info at cyanoplasticsurgery.co.uk, we can email you back with some emails about breast augmentation, about what we offer, and all that sort of stuff, prices, finance, etc. There you go. Drop me a message with my email, with your email. Do that, and we'll. Yeah. Sorry, I can't uh, give you answers here and now, but I genuinely do not know. You, you know, not even I don't know prices for anything. Um. Yeah, got enough to worry about, Gabrielle, without worrying about the prices. I tell you, right then. So, thank you all for your commitment and your uh, and your input uh, this evening. Dark now, getting dark, isn't it? Used to be beautifully light at this time back in the summer time anyway um 
I'll, I'll, I'll crack on then. Um, looking forward to see you all. Here we go. Melissa Gilbert's got something. I've seen some places offer tummy tucks without the drains. Is this safe? Yes, Melissa, it is safe to do a tummy tuck without drains. It is safe. I think it's quite it's quite established doing tummy tucks without drains. The reason I don't do tummy tucks without drains, and, and I'm moving I'm moving that way, but the reason is because there's a space there. And the main thing I'm worried about is really seroma, to be honest with you, rather than hematoma. So the problems in the space is you can get blood collecting in the space, which is hematoma, or serous fluid, which is like wound fluid, which is seroma. Now, the blood comes first. So the blood, when you first have the surgery, it can bleed and form a hematoma. Now, to be honest with you, um, if it's bleeding enough to form a hematoma, having a drain there is probably not going to stop a hematoma. So you, still, you can still get a hematoma with a drain in. It just comes out through the drain, but it still balloons up and, and you get a hematoma. The main reason that I think drains are good is so they're suction drains, so they suck it and they suck the space down. So that what can happen with a, with a tummy tuck is a week or so afterwards, you can get some wound fluid collecting in the space. And uh, that's called a seroma. It sloshes about. It's a bit of a nuisance. Sometimes you have to put a needle in and drain it. So it's a bit of a nuisance. It's not a disaster, to be honest with you, but it's a bit of a nuisance. And the people who do the drainless tummy tucks say, look, it's not too bad. The rate's not too bad. It's like 8% sort of um, figure is quoted. And I'm like, I get, I, I've had one seroma that I can remember in my life, really. God, I probably had more, but it's not that common for me to get a seroma. That one, I remember that one because it was Christmas. Can you believe it? Christmas. I think it was actually Christmas Day. I had to go to the hospital and drain the heat, seem to, heat the seroma. But anyway, um, but it's it's rare in my practice. This is going back. This is before I had the clinic. So I think it's before I had the clinic. So it must be over 10 years ago. Anyway, it's rare in my practice is the point. Um, so I don't want to start getting more seromas. So I would st still say it's safe, but it's just got, in my view, a, a slightly higher risk of getting a seroma than a um, than the, when when you use drains. And as I say, the drains only stay in overnight. I only leave them one night. Suck those two two um, spaces a space together, and I believe that it's better. But as I say, I'm using quilting stitches now. Probably going to move away from drains. But in answer to your question, Melissa, it is safe to use them. There are very good plastic surgeons who are who's safe to not use drains. Who are not using drains. It doesn't mean that they're not safe. They are safe. That's fine. Um, uh, I'll what do you message? What's going on? What's Elaine got? uh is it worth getting my implants checked the seven years old i know my body has changed but i think there might be a change to one implant one feels higher than the other and possibly slightly denser definitely uh elaine i say definitely not in a bad way i won't worry about it but elaine always lovely to see you of course come on we'll have a look get it checked out no harm done um what you're saying I'm kind of thinking it sounds like there might be a little bit of early capsular contracture where you're saying one feels a bit denser, feels a bit higher. When they get capsular contracture, it feels a bit, looks a bit fuller. Even if it's like a moderate profile, it can look like a high profile because it, it contracts around it and it makes it into a bit more of a ball. So what you're describing there sounds like capsular contracture. Totally nothing to worry about. Totally doesn't need any treatment at all. Can be progressive. Uh, and if it does progress and get worse, it can be treated by removing the implants, removing the capsule, putting new ones in again. But at the moment, it's, you know, if it's not too bad, it's nothing to worry about. But I always say to people, look, just come. I offer everybody a yearly checkup, a 